Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we continue with our study of Paul's letter to Philemon. As you remember, Philemon was a dear brother of the Apostle Paul who owned a slave named Onesimus. Onesimus ran from his owner, and eventually found Paul in Rome, who was imprisoned at the time. Paul led Onesimus to Christ, who then began serving Christ by serving Paul. Please follow along with Pastor Harris as he continues Paul's letter with today's slice of this week's message entitled, How to Help Spiritual Family. Come back to the book of Philemon with me. We are doing the biblical postcards, the one-page books of the Bible. I've said they're all one page. I didn't say they were all one sermon. They won't all be one sermon. Uh, Philemon is part two today. We already did Obadiah. Lord willing, next week will be Second John. The following week will be Third John. And then we're going to do something extra special in the book of Jude as the Lord makes it possible for us. Well, we're not just doing this just because. I've got to admit it's kind of satisfactory to be able to check off a whole book of the Bible every week or two and say we finished that. But I want you to understand a a bigger picture here. God included these little one-page things for us. That means that we know that they are profitable for us for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. But these little books tend to uh, suffer from neglect. I've done this a couple of times in my, during my ministry, and I'm always enriched when I do. So remind, a couple of reminders for you. Philemon was one of the, <coughs> excuse me, one of the leaders of the church in the city of Colossae. Um, and we don't know how, but Paul had come to know Philemon. We don't specifically know of Paul visiting Colossae, but he had a, a lot of friends there. And we know that church was probably founded during the three years that he was in, uh, in Ephesus. And somehow Paul had introduced this man named Philemon to faith in Christ. And Philemon had a slave named Onesimus. Onesimus ran away from his master Philemon. And the providence of God, Onesimus made it all the way to Rome where Paul was in prison and somehow got introduced to Paul. Um, and Paul had led Onesimus to faith in Christ just as he had done with his master uh, Philemon. Now from his jail cell, Paul spent two years in, a, in jail in Rome. Paul wrote four of the books of the New Testament. Galatians, Ephesians, I'm sorry, Ephesians, um, Colossians, yeah, Galatians. No, no, he wrote Galatians earlier. Well, come on, Harris, come on. <laughs> Philippians, yeah, okay. That, that, it, it's, it's short, but it's not that short. It's not short enough to forget. And, and the book of, of Philemon. And Paul sent this letter to Colossae along with the letter to the Colossians from Rome. 
Um, at least Tychicus, another one of Paul's uh, co-workers, and Onesimus accompanied these two letters, the book of Colossians and this letter, to the church and to Philemon personally. This letter was intended by God for purposes far beyond the immediate circumstances that provoked it, because it's in the Bible, therefore it is good for us as well. Now, we've just taken a real simple approach to it. We took the first seven verses last week. How do you regard your spiritual family? And then secondly, today, how do you help your spiritual family? From those first seven verses, we, we gleaned some attitudes. There are the right attitudes toward other Christians. You love them. You know they are your spiritual family. There is a bond beyond any other bond between people. You work together to serve the Lord. You pray for grace and peace for your uh, spiritual family. You thank God for them. You have fellowship with them. You learn God's Word together. You give each other joy, and you comfort each other. And he's talked about that to, to lay the groundwork for, if you will, the hard part of this book. Now Paul confronts a potentially sticky situation. But from his holy boldness and his kindness and speaking truth in love and showing compassion and pressing for what is the best for all his spiritual family, all that comes through loud and clear in what we are defining as the second part of this book, how to help your spiritual family. So look at verse 8. Therefore, though I have enough confidence in Christ to order you to do what is proper. I just want to stop there for a second. Paul realized that in his role as an apostle and as Philemon's spiritual father in the faith, he could probably have just bossed Philemon around. He could have told him what to do. Uh, In fact, um, he does command such respect as words carry tremendous authority, but Paul didn't operate that way unless it was absolutely necessary. If someone was teaching error or someone was in sin, he would, he, he would get in their face. But this is a, a situation where he shows great tact. So he says, I, I could order you to do that which is proper, but verse 9, yet for love's sake, I rather appeal to you, since I am such a person as Paul, the aged, now also a prisoner of Christ Jesus. Now, there were times for him to stress his position as an apostle, especially when it was attacked, for example, in the region of Galatia. We're studying that in our, in our uh, daily studies uh, via email here. There were situations like the, uh, the one in Corinth where some people came in after him and th- they undermined his message in, in uh, Galatia. And when they came to to um, uh, Corinth. They, they similarly did that, but they said, well, you know, Paul, yeah, he's, he, he's pretty good for an apostle, but we're the super apostles. And they humbly said that, well, we're, we're going we're gonna to fix what Paul did that was uh, wrong. So here he doesn't specifically invoke his authority. Now you are going to see in verse 19, he does make a little quip about it, but he, he flashes the idea of his authority before Philemon, and then he immediately lets that fade into the background. So instead of asserting authority, he turns to the most dynamic, motivating factor in the universe, love. 
He's created the right mindset in Philemon. He he made a favorable impression on him. Um, He's creating sympathy and pointing out his circumstances. Um, You know, I am uh, I'm appealing to you as Paul the aged. He was about sixty by that time, but a lot more miles than most. 60-year-olds in, uh, in our world would, uh, would have today. So he was an old man. He knew he was near the end of his life. He wound up being martyred a few years um, after this. But he elevates this conversation to the highest possible plane in the way he deals with his friend Philemon. So notice the tenderness and affection in the way that he puts the cards on the table here, verses 10 and 11. I appeal to you For my child Onesimus, whom I have begotten in my imprisonment, who formerly was useless to you, but now is useful both to you and to me. Now think about what he might have written. He could have said, on my authority as an apostle, I'm writing to you about Onesimus, that good-for-nothing slave of yours who probably after he robbed you, ran away from you. Well, he's saved now, and I want, to, I want you to let him stay with me. You owe me that. He could have put it that way. But that's a better way to have an argument than it is to resolve a problem. So uh, he's spinning the strands together to weave a web of grace and mercy and forgiveness and reconciliation to wrap around this whole situation. Notice his tenderness there. I'm appealing about my child begotten in my imprisonment, the one who's useful to me. He regarded Onesimus now, he's part of the family. He's my spiritual child. And remember, the name Onesimus means useful, and Paul was making a play on his, on his name there. Now Onesimus can finally live up to his name. He was, he's became useless to you, just left a hole in your household. Now he's very useful to me, and he can be to you as well. But notice he refuses to presume on someone else to obey or to be generous. He just does what he knows he has to do to have a clear conscience before God and to respect his brothers in Christ. So look at verses 12 through 14. I have sent him back to you in person. That is, sending my very heart, whom I wish to keep with me, so that on your behalf he might minister to me in my imprisonment for the gospel. But without your consent, I did not want to do anything, that your goodness should not be, as it were, by compulsion, but of your own free will. He sent Onesimus back because that was the right thing to do. That was the best thing to do. Uh, instead of sending him back, he could have just said, oh, okay, Onesimus, get Get back there best way you can. Get on your knees before Philemon and beg for forgiveness. No, he, he sent him accompanied by another of his co-laborers, Tychicus, who he mentions in Colossians chapter 4, and along with this personal letter. Now, it's clear he wanted to keep Onesimus with him, but he realized that wasn't his decision to make. That was up to Philemon. And Paul doesn't want to manipulate his friend Philemon. He doesn't want to stack the deck in his favor by keeping Onesimus with him. Uh, oh, by the way, uh, hey, you know that guy that, you know, he, he, he really worked you over and, 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 he, and he ripped you off and he's useless to you and he, and he, and he caused a big problem. Well, rejoice, brother. Now he's a Christian and he's with me. 
and I'll keep him. He could have said that, but he, but he didn't. If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.